Bonjour, ladies and gentlemen. Gentlemen House, how are you? All good. In the hood, I hope. And welcome to another episode of Mindset with Muscle. I've set myself some very big commitments this year. I will get two blog posts written per week, which you know, each blog post has taken me a couple of hours each day. And I've been thoroughly enjoying doing the blog posts and getting back to writing. Another thing which I have made a commitment to doing is getting a new podcast out every single week. In fact, actually getting two podcasts out per week. I have this one, which is my Mindset with Muscle podcast. And of course, I also have one with my good friend, Mr. Dan Meredith, which is the Body and the Beast podcast. And if you wanted to check out the Body and the Beast podcast, of course, all you need to do is go over to Spotify or Apple uh, Podcasts and just type in the word, The Body and the Beast. New episodes are going to be going up every single Friday. So if you're looking for double knowledge bombs for the week, then make sure that you are subscribed to both of these podcasts. Alternatively, rather than listen to these podcasts, if you would like to watch them live, which some people are, you can tune in to my Facebook at Jay Alderton Official. Just type in Jay Alderton Facebook on Google and no doubt it will come up. And every Wednesday, lunchtime, I stream these live. I want to add a very productive thing to your thought process before we get started on today's podcast, and it is Parkinson's Law. And basically, what Parkinson's Law is, ladies and gents, is a task will take as long as the time in which you give it. And for me... If I hadn't have scheduled this live stream, it would have probably taken me an extra half an hour to 45 minutes. It got to about half past 11. I was just getting everything prepared for this podcast. And I was like, well, you know, I've got an hour to prepare, get my notes, get my lunch done. And then I was just noting everything down, preparing for the podcast. And all of a sudden, I had 10 minutes left and I hadn't even had lunch. So, because of Parkinson's law, because I had a countdown, I needed to get everything in. And sometimes that's what we need in life to be more productive. We need to set a date and a time and a commitment to doing something. And funnily enough, we seem to find the time to get it done. So that really does help with procrastination. My topic of this week and my topic of today's podcast is mindfulness. And what we're going to be talking about today is not only the five benefits of mindfulness, but what exactly mindfulness is. Whenever I talk about things like meditation, when I talk about mindfulness, when I talk about a lot of these things, I always laugh. And the reason that I laugh is because if you told my 20-year-old self that in 17 years' time, you're going to be talking about slowing down breath work, jumping in ice cold water, being more mindful, having quiet time to yourself to reflect on your thoughts and feelings. I'm not joking. My 20-year-old self will go, what the hell has happened to you, Jay? What's happened? And that's a big reality because a lot of times when you're younger, you don't really appreciate things because you're young and you're all go, go, go. And the older that I get, the more I like to slow down, absorb things, be aware of things, 
and live a happier, healthier, and more fulfilling life. Because as you start to get past the age of 30, you start to realize that, you know, you want to spend as long on the planet as possible. And something that I said earlier is there's a massive difference between lifespan and health span. Lifespan is the amount of time that you're going to spend on this planet. Health span is the amount of time that you're going to spend on this planet healthy. And there is a very big difference. I have seen 80-year-old men and women who have been bedridden, who have spent the last 10 years in misery because they didn't look after themselves. And I've, of course, seen 80-year-olds. In fact, my wife's um, dad's cousin, wife's dad's cousin is 85 years of age, still gets up, still does like a 5K bike ride, still go, 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 go. And a lot of that is because he has kept focusing on his health, kept focusing on his fitness, and it has majorly expanded his health span. So mindfulness. Mindfulness is definitely something that is really going to help you increase your health span. And it is a pretty simple thing to do. So much so that by the end of this podcast, what we're going to be doing is we're actually going to be doing a five-minute body scan. And this is one of the techniques of mindfulness is a five-minute body scan. So if you've never, ever done mindfulness before, stay tuned because at the end, we're going to be doing five minutes. So make sure you are in a place that's a little bit quieter, a little bit more comfortable, and uh, get to experience your very first mindfulness session. And if you are a mindfulness veteran, the chances are that you might not have done your mindfulness today. So when you're listening to this, make sure that you get it done because that is another box to tick. So mindfulness, what on earth is mindfulness? I've written plenty of notes down on here from my blog post, which is coming out this weekend. And what mindfulness basically is, ladies and gents, is focusing your awareness on the present moment. One of my favorite quotes that I say a lot is you can't change the past, but you can ruin the present by worrying about the future. And a lot of people, they get a lot of stress, they get a lot of anxiety. In fact, they have a lot of stress and anxiety. And it's one of the benefits of mindfulness, which we're going to talk about in a bit. And that is the management of stress and anxiety. But the main point of mindfulness is calmly acknowledging and accepting your feelings and thoughts. And unfortunately, for a lot of people, their thoughts become their reality. And you know I love a quote. I'm going to be probably dropping 10 to 15 quotes during this podcast. But the quote is, thoughts are not your reality. Reality is not your thoughts. But unfortunately, with a lot of thoughts that we have, they become a self-fulfilling prophecy. And the reason that they become a self-fulfilling prophecy is because we believe that they're actually our reality. So if we believe that we're not good enough for something, if we believe that you know, we don't deserve something, if we believe that something bad is going to happen, we tend to make it happen. And what mindfulness enables you to do is get to better understand your feelings, your behaviors, and your emotions. Because when you can regulate your feelings, your behaviors, and your emotions, you can regulate a lot of things in your body. Because your behaviors, your mood, your energy, your feelings and your thoughts can have a very adverse effect on your body. 
Think about it. Imagine that you are petrified of snakes and you're walking past this, you know, you're walking down a country road and all of a sudden you see what looks like a snake. All of a sudden, heart rate goes up, panic sets in, you start to sweat, you start to panic, everything in your body is going into fight or flight mode. You know, all your stress hormones are just going through the roof. And then you look at it again and it's just a hose pipe. It's just a hose pipe. Now, the reality is that it wasn't a snake. It was just a hose pipe. But what you thought was it was a snake. So what your thought created was all of these fireworks going off in your body. So what mindfulness is going to enable you to do, it's not going to overcome your fear of snakes. But what it's going to do is enable you to better regulate those thoughts, those feelings and behaviors. So you can hopefully reduce down some of the things that are going on in your body, which are causing you very ill health. And some of the biggest, literally the biggest worries this day and age and the biggest impactful things to people's health. A lot of people think it's obesity. It's not. It's anxiety and stress. And it's getting worse and worse and worse. And something as simple as mindfulness, you know, I wish I could just say to people, look, if you get next level at this little thing that takes you five minutes a day, you're going to reduce your stress levels. You're going to reduce your anxiety levels. You're going to get better at understanding yourself and you're going to have a better quality of life. You're probably even going to have a longer life as well. Because chronic stress and chronic anxiety on the body affects your health span and, of course, affects your lifespan too. So the first of five benefits that I want to talk about when it comes to mindfulness is exactly what I spoke about. Number one of the five benefits of mindfulness is it reduces down stress and anxiety. Now, a lot of people don't know the difference between stress and anxiety. And a lot of people kind of put them into one box. But in actual fact, they're pretty different. In, in certain ways, stress is kind of the natural, physical, and mental response to the pressures of life, which of course can affect and bring on anxiety. Uh, and what anxiety is, is an intense, excessive, and persistent worry and fear about everyday situations. I get a lot of anxiety. I do suffer from a lot of anxiety. And when I do suffer with that, I try and pinpoint why. And a lot of it, of course, comes down to my thoughts. And a lot of those thoughts are thoughts about the future, thoughts about some things that have yet to happen. And of course, there are thoughts of things which are actually in my control. And one thing that I love about stoicism is what it teaches you is to control the things that you can control and let go of the things that you can't. So I've been very good at being able to manage my anxiety by taking control of things that I can, doing certain practices such as breath work and mindfulness. And the most important thing is writing down my thoughts and feelings. This is something that a lot of people do not do. This is something that a lot of kind of 30-year-old, 40-year-old men do not do. 
I don't think I've ever seen my dad write down his thoughts and feelings. And I guarantee if you're like me in your 30s and 40s, you've never seen your dad or somebody older than you in their kind of 60s and their 70s writing down their thoughts and feelings. You know, it's just something that people don't do. But if I could just tell you that doing that and practicing that and getting better, you know, getting a better relationship with your thoughts, your feelings and behaviors can enable you to live a better life than you do it every single day. In fact, everybody should do it every single day. So stress is the natural and physical, it's a natural physical mental response to the pressures of life. Anxiety is an intense, excessive and persistent worry and fear about everyday situations. And both of them can be very chronic for people. Anxiety, of course, can be a medical problem, which, you know, regardless of doing breath work, regardless of doing stretching, regardless of doing mindfulness, um, just won't go away. And that's where you do need to go and seek professional help. So, you know, just five minutes of mindfulness is not going to do it for you. But if you get to the stage of having done all of these things and, of course, still experiencing that, then, of course, that would be definitely my recommendation. But the reason that mindfulness reduces down stress and anxiety is it helps you become more aware of your thoughts, emotions, and approach all of those emotions and thoughts and feelings in a non-judgmental way. One of the problems that a lot of people have is that they fear, they, they feel fear, they feel anxiety, they feel worry, they feel overwhelmed, they feel burnout, they feel all of these things. And they think that nobody else experiences them. I don't care if you're a Buddhist Zen monk or you're a celebrity with hundreds of millions of pounds in the bank. You experience exactly the same feelings as every other human being. And just realizing that regardless of somebody's status, that regardless of somebody's success, they experience the same feelings as you. One of the things that you understand is that although they experience the same feelings as you, they have come up with better ways of dealing with things. Because a lot of the time when it comes to improving things, reducing things, a lot of people's reaction is avoidance instead of exposure. And I don't want to go down a rabbit hole with this, but a lot of people say to me when I do my ice baths, they go, Jay, do you not, do you not get pneumonia? Do you not, you know, do you not get ill doing that? And I always say quite the opposite. Because I expose myself to cold every single day, I don't feel the cold that much. Because I expose my body to the cold every day, my immune system has become stronger. So I'm less likely to get colds. I am less likely to get pneumonia. I'm less likely to get all of these things which you think are associated with the thing that I'm doing. And I, I said this was going to be full of quotes. The strongest trees grow in the strongest breeze. I'll say that again. The strongest trees grow in the strongest breeze. Sometimes to get better to deal with stress, you need to put yourself in more stressful situations because you have perspective. Now, of course, I'm not going to say you need to go and play on the motorway, although there's a lot of activists at the moment that are doing that. 
what I'm saying is that you need to build up your stress tolerance because there are different types of stress. And one of the things I would highly recommend looking at, in fact, I'll probably do a podcast about it, is eustress. And eustress is positive stress. I'll give you some examples of positive stress. Cold water exposure, exercise, things that are difficult to do that actually produce a benefit. Building up your stress tolerance with positive coping mechanisms can be a massive game changer because not only does it give you perspective, but enables you to deal with more shit. So number one, the five benefits of mindfulness is it reduces stress and anxiety. Who wants their anxiety and stress reduced? I think everybody watching and listening to this. Number two, the benefits of mindfulness. It improves focus and concentration. There was a there was a Harvard study in 2010, and they had about 2,200 people do the study. And what the study was, was basically over the course of a certain amount of weeks, the scientists would text the subjects and ask them a bunch of questions. They would ask them, what are they doing? Um, what, how, how are they feeling? And um, a few other questions, which I, I, I can't remember on the top of my head, but it was three questions. And what the study showed out of those 2,500 people is that 47% of people okay, were not aware of what they were doing each day. They were not aware of what they were doing each day, which is bonkers. You know, texting someone saying, what are you doing? I don't know. Because a lot of us are lost in thoughts. A lot of us are lost in our heads. A lot of us don't actually stop in what I like to call smell the flowers. And how mindfulness improves focus and concentration is understanding that when we are mindful, we are less likely to be distracted by thoughts about the past or about the future, and we are better able to stay focused in the present. Think about it. Think about all the things that you have thought about today, all the things that happened in your past, which you can't change, all the things that have, you know, that you're focused on in the future, which has yet to happen. And a lot of the time when we're thinking about these things, we forget that we're in the present moment because that's all that matters what we're doing right now. And I'm guilty of this and other people are, that I've spoken to are very guilty of this. Being very much in my phone, very much thinking about the past, very much trying to get shit done to create a better future for myself. And then I have my son Archer, my three-year-old son Archer, pulling on my arm, wanting my attention because he hasn't seen me all day. And sometimes ignoring him because I'm focused on something that in the grander scheme of things doesn't fucking matter and I always get this wake-up call and I always remind myself and this is where the mindfulness kicks in for me I'm always reminding myself that he is only going to be three for a very small period of time or a year of course if you're being like that there's going to be one day where he's not going to be three he's going to be 30 he's not going to be tagging on your arm asking for attention. He's not going to be telling you about his day. He's not going to be showing you his new Thomas the Tank Engine slippers. So put your fucking phone down. Stop thinking about things that you can't change or have yet to happen and pay attention to him. That in itself is a mindfulness practice. 
And it's making sure that I remind myself of that daily. And the only way that I'm going to remind myself of that daily is firstly doing things like this, doing the podcast and talking to you about it. And secondly, writing this shit down. Gratitude is one of the most important things that you should be focused on doing every single day. Asking yourself a very simple question. What are you grateful for in your life? And don't just write it down. Write it down. And the reason that I said that is because a lot of people go, yeah, I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for my life. I'm grateful for this. Why? Get a visual thought process as to why it benefits your life. Why are you so grateful for these things? And don't take it for granted. There is a stoic practice called negative visualization. Uh, I don't want to go into it too deep now because we're focused on mindfulness, but it is a practice of envisioning the thing which you're grateful for and imagining that it's been taken away from you. So if I'm grateful for living by the beach, imagine now that I wake up and I don't live by the beach. I live in the city center and I can't get access to the beach. Imagine that I'm grateful for my family and all of a sudden I get a phone call from the police saying they were in a car accident and unfortunately nobody made it. Now just having that visualization in my head is terrible. But we're not sitting there and dwelling on that emotion. What we're doing is noticing it and making ourselves realize just how much we take the things in front of us for granted and why we should be grateful for them. So number two, the benefits is it improves focus and concentration. One thing that a lot of people talk about is the monkey mind. For those of you who have never read things like The Chimp Paradox, it's a fantastic book. But I like to give things names because you better understand them. A great example of this is imagine, if you will, that you see a a bump or a spot or a lump and you don't exactly know what it is. What is the worst thing that you can do in that moment? The worst thing that you can do is Google it because suddenly you Google, I've got a lump here, I've got a bump here, I've got a rash here, and, and it will come up with the worst things in the world. No, the thing that you do is you go to the doctor. And what the reason that, of course, you go to the doctor is they're a professional and they will tell you what you have. And although the red rash or bump or lump hasn't gone away, you know what it is. And actually knowing what the name for it is creates some form of relief. And the reason that it creates some form of relief is because now you have identified what it is and now you have a solution to solve the problem. Now, this is the same for a lot of things. I always say to a lot of my clients that you need to give your hunger a name, okay, like Gary or Barry or or Jessica. And the reason being is hunger is a feeling. And when we get hungry, we do stupid shit. We get hangry, we get aggressive, we get short with people, um, we lack energy. We're just not a nice person to be around. I'm not a nice person to be around when I'm hangry. But if we give it a name, oh, Jessica's being a dickhead today. Oh, John's being an absolute bellend today. It allows us to identify it as exactly what it is and the fact that it it is something that we can notice and allow to pass. And this is why I like the monkey mind so much because what the monkey mind is, and I like to call this kind of first voice thinking, is, is all of those thoughts in your head that if you were a monkey, that's all you would have. 
because they are survival instincts to try and keep you alive. So the monkey mind procrastinates. The monkey mind constantly compares with others. The monkey mind looks for quick fixes. The monkey mind criticizes others. The monkey mind reacts impulsively. The monkey mind is very impatient. It, most importantly, the monkey mind <laughs> thinks the world revolves around it. And we are prone to have all of these thoughts and feelings every single day. And the reason that we have these thoughts and feelings every single day is one, traditionally, a lot of them are there to protect us. And two, a lot of them are there to make us feel better. You know, why do you think that somebody constantly criticizes others? Why do you think that somebody, you know, looks for a quick fix? Why do you think somebody reacts impulsively? They're trying to protect themselves. They're trying to mask insecurity. So understanding that that is a perfectly normal emotion that everybody experiences, and it is just that, it's the monkey mind. You know, you criticizing others is not going to help you get better. You procrastinating is not going to help solve your problems. You, you looking for quick fixes is not going to fix the problem. You reacting impulsively is not going to help you in any way whatsoever. So actually being mindful and taking a little bit of time to ask yourself questions such as, why am I feeling like this? How am I feeling? How am I responding? Can completely change the game because you're not aware in the moment when you're doing these things. And once again, I'm going to drop another quote for you. You can't see your reflection in boiling water. So when you are in the moment of something happening, you can't see your reflection until you get out the other side. So if your reaction to being very monkey-minded is to have five minutes to yourself, to breathe, to think, to be aware of your thoughts, your behaviors, and your feelings, and and approach them in a non-judgmental way, you can see how much of a positive impact that will have on your life. So number two, for the five benefits of mindfulness, it improves focus and concentration. Okay, moving on to number three, and it kind of adds on to what I was saying about number two, of being aware of your thoughts and feelings. Number three, is mindfulness helps increase self-awareness. There's two things that us as humans and people that I speak to do terribly. And that's writing shit down and being aware of your thoughts and feelings. People are very monkey-minded. People get angry and they lash out. People criticize others without thinking about you know, the repercussions of it. People look for quick fixes because that they want to solve the problem as, as quickly as possible. And all of these things lack self-awareness because if you just take a little bit of time to be aware of what you're currently experiencing and why, you can come up with better solutions. You know, when you're feeling anxious, when you have anxiety, and I know this, this feeling, and my good friend Dan explained this feeling perfectly. If you've ever played video games and you get to the final boss, a great example of this um, is a Sega Mega Drive game called Streets of Rage and Golden Axe as well, Golden Axe as well. 
but you kind of get to the end of the level. You've only got a life left. The music changes. And the big boss comes out. But the big boss is yet to be seen because he's yet to walk onto the screen. That's anxiety. It's a feeling of something bad is going to happen, something bad is coming, but it hasn't arrived yet. And when people are chron- you know, have chronic anxiety, they're in that constant state of something bad is going to happen when it doesn't actually happen, but they remain in that state. So all of this stress and all of this anxiety can be positive uh, responses in small doses. You know, increasing your stress levels temporarily can improve performance. It can make you more focused. It can make you perform better. But too much stress can be very detrimental. Exactly the same with anxiety. So when you take time out for yourself on a daily basis, you get to know yourself better. The amount of people that walk around, and, and like for days, for weeks, for months, and some people even years, without actually getting things out of their head and asking themselves very simple questions. Am I happy where I am now? Am I doing the things that I want to do? Why am I like this? Why am I so angry? Why am I so anxious? Why am I so stressed? Because most people think that they don't need to do this. They can figure it out. And if they just keep pushing through, eventually it will go away. And whenever you have that approach to anything, you don't learn anything. And you most certainly don't learn how to solve the problem. And what you need to sometimes do is just take a break, take five minutes out, take 10 minutes out, take half a day out, and just write shit down. Write shit down. And I've been saying that probably for about eight years now, because my life changed in 2012 when I wrote shit down. I got made redundant from my job. I was full of like uncertainty, not knowing what path I wanted to go in my life. And I applied for about 10, 15 jobs. And uh, I got to the final interview of this last job. And I remember sitting on my on my bed and waiting for the phone call to see if I've got the job. And I remember saying to myself, if I don't get this job, something needs to change. I need to be thinking differently. And I remember getting the phone call. And uh, they said I didn't have the job. Little did they know that was the best thing that they could have ever said to me because the minute that that happened, I got a pen and paper out and I remember writing a title, What Do You Want To Do? And I started by writing what I was good at. And the things that I was good at was going to the gym, exercising, nutrition, training, bodybuilding, all of these kind of things. And it kind of all pointed to being a personal trainer. So I wrote things down. I said, I reckon I'll be quite a good personal trainer. And it was just that written note to myself that I'd probably been pondering for years in my head that made me realize that I need to go and chase that thing. And that changed my life. So team write shit down, I'll always be. Whenever I have a problem, somebody else has experienced that problem, but if nobody else knows it, including myself, how can I solve that problem? And that is the power of writing shit down. So self-awareness comes with just having a better awareness of your thoughts, your emotion, and your behavior. You have certain thoughts because of certain things. You have certain emotions because of certain things happening in your life. And you, ha- and you 
have certain behaviors in your life because of things that are going on in your head. You act a certain way because of a certain thing. And the only way that you're going to change that is to be more self-aware. So number three of the five benefits of mindfulness, it increases your self-awareness. Moving over to number four, it promotes emotional well-being. You know, these all kind of coincide with each other. But when we are mindful, we get less caught up in negative emotions. And some of the ones that I see that a lot of people have is anger, frustration, and sadness. And what being more mindful of your emotions and being able to regulate them better does is it enables you to deal with challenging situations better. And I remember saying this about my anxiety from last year. Last year, I had about a month of waking up every day with anxiety. And I was, I was very grateful of it because I got to try different things each day to try and reduce it down. And what it enabled me to do is next time it came up, when I you know, kind of figured out what the problems were and how best to deal with them, is I was able to deal with it better. I had a massive meltdown in 2016 because I was just burnt out and doing too much. And what's interesting is fast forward to 2023, and I'm probably doing more now than I was back then, you know, when it comes to work, when it comes to everything in business. I'm probably doing twice as much, but I'm managing it better. I'm dealing with it better because I've built up a tolerance to it. So it comes down to that exposure and, uh, you know, improving that as you go on. But the biggest thing that I have been able to do is be a lot more mindful and not allow that monkey brain to kind of monkey mind to take over. So when we are mindful, we get less caught up in negative emotions. You know, anger is not a productive emotion. Anger doesn't help you in any way whatsoever. So if you are constantly getting angry, you've got to ask yourself why. Is it's, it's a frustration because you don't have control over something. And a lot of the time it's asking yourself, why do you need control over this thing? Is it affecting your ego? If you didn't have control over this, would you feel less of a person? And that's where a lot of anger comes in because if you are unable to control a situation in a very calm way, anger tends to basically win the game because the person that gets angry tends to have the most control or so they think because when you get angry, as soon as you get angry, you have less control. You might have control over the situation temporarily, but you don't have control over yourself goes back to the quote that I said that you can't see your reflection in boiling water. So number four, it promotes emotional well-being. If you can be more mindful of your behavior, your thoughts, your feelings, and you get less angry, you get less frustrated, you will have a lot more, you know, you have a hell of a lot more stronger emotional well-being and you'll be a lot healthier too. Because if you're constantly getting angry, goodness knows what's going on inside your body. And constantly being like that is going to have a massive impact, not only on your lifespan, but your health span too. And uh, and finally, number five, 
Mindfulness enhances physical health. Now, there is a number of reasons, of course, it enhances physical health. You know, managing your stress and, and anxiety is going to make you um, very, very fit. There's, there's, of course, many different types of fitness. There's not just physical fitness, it's mental fitness. And uh, I always say transformation starts from the neck up. So if you can be mentally fit, your body will follow. But the way that mindfulness enhances physical health is it reduces down stress-related hormones such as cortisol. Now, cortisol is a very powerful hormone in your body, and it's responsible for a lot of things, regulating a lot of things in your body. You know, cortisol regulates your body's stress response. It regulates your blood pressure. It regulates your blood sugar. It's, it suppresses down inflammation. And most importantly, when it comes to cortisol, it helps you control your sleep and wake cycle. And something that I say all the time, the, the most important and beneficial and powerful drug in the world that you can take, or say drug supplement, is sleep. Getting enough sleep. And the reason that a lot of people do not get enough sleep is because they're constantly stressed. They have a lot of anxiety. They have high cortisol levels. And once again, if there is something that regulates your body's stress response, it regulates your blood pressure and blood sugar, it suppresses your inflammation and helps you control your sleep-wake, cycle if that's out of whack let's have a look at the opposite of that so if something is very high and not working it's going to fuck up your stress response it's not going to be able to deal with stress better you're going to have higher blood pressure your blood sugar is going to be all over the place which probably means you're going to be a lot um your appetite is going to go through the roof and you're going to eat a lot or like mine my stress response um i don't like i get shredded so my stress response is my appetite goes so it's the opposite for me when i'm highly stressed i i lean out um so it could be a good trick for myself to get shredded just get stressed i should create a new program for that the the stress shred solution <laughs> um helps you control your sleep wake cycle if your cortisol is out of whack if you have high cortisol levels you're going to have shit sleep so you're going to recover poorly you're going to get more triggered, more angry, and it's just going to be this perpetual cycle, which, you, as you can imagine, you know, doing this for many, many years, having constant high stress levels, high cortisol levels, and, and having all of these important things, all this important thing that regulates these important things out of whack, it's not surprising that we have a lot of people with health problems, and we have a lot of people decreasing that health span, as well as lifespan too. So being more mindful, having a mindfulness practice can help regulate and reduce stress levels, thus reducing cortisol levels to healthy amounts so it can do the thing that it's supposed to be doing, which is regulating a lot of things in your body to keep you healthy. So as a bit of a summary, ladies and gents, before we get into our five minutes of mindfulness, and we're going to go through an entire body scan. Number one, Mindfulness, it reduces stress and anxiety. Number two, it improves your focus and concentration. Number three, it increases your self-awareness. Number four, it promotes emotional well-being. And finally, number five, it enhances your physical health. Ladies and gentlemen, I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Mindset with Muscle. Before we go into our five-minute body scan, I want to finish with 
the same quote which I use every single podcast, which I messed up on the last on the last podcast because it's been a while since I said it uh, and I didn't write it down. Hence, why it's important to write shit down. And when I get back into these regular podcasts, I'll remember it. So, what you put in your body affects how you look and how you feel, and what you put in your head affects what you think and what you do. And today, you have been filling your head with me, Jay Alderton. Ladies and gents, I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Find somewhere comfortable to relax. I recommend if you are watching this live to put in some headphones, close your eyes, and enjoy the next five minutes. I'll see you soon. Welcome to my five-minute body scan. This body scan is going to enable you to relax, be aware of your thoughts and try and reduce down some of the stress and anxiety from the day. I want you to begin by finding a comfortable seated position. You can sit in a chair with your feet planted on the ground or you can sit cross-legged on a cushion or a mat. Please make sure your back is straight and your shoulders are relaxed. Close your eyes and take a few deep breaths, inhaling through your nose and exhaling through your mouth. As you breathe, try to focus your attention on the sensation of the air moving in and out of your body. Now, starting at the top of your head, slowly scan your body, noticing any sensations or tension you may be feeling. Don't try to change or fix anything. Simply notice and acknowledge these sensations. As you move down through your body, pay attention to each part in turn. Your face, neck, shoulders, arms, chest, stomach, 
legs and feet. Notice any tightness, warmth, tingling or other sensations. If your mind wanders, that's okay. Simply notice where your thoughts have gone and gently bring your attention back to your body. When you reach your feet, Take a few more deep breaths. And then slowly open your eyes. Take a moment to stretch and move your body before getting up and returning to your day. Remember, the goal of this exercise is not to achieve a particular state, but rather to cultivate a sense of awareness and presence in the present moment. If you find it helpful, you can repeat this body scan practice daily or as needed. Reaching the top.